Today we'll give you some good tips if you ever need to come out to your friends and family that you are a a vampire, if, if that's ever been an issue. And then we travel to Indiana in the late 80s. Nine children come forward saying they are being involved in satanic cult activities. Is there any truth behind the allegations? Was there anything hidden in the blue house? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a lot to cover today, a ton. So we're going to go ahead and get started. First off, I want to give a shout out to our newest Patreon, Bryce, Bryce Dawson. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Really, really helps out a lot. You're going to be our captain this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, that's cool too. Just help get the word out about the show. Really, really helps a lot. So Bryce, let's go ahead and we're going to get the, dude, let's get the Dead Rabbit Dirgeable. We have not used that in a long time. My custom made blimp. Let's all hop on board the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. Bryce Dawson's shoveling coal, shoveling coal into the engine. He's like, can't you have like an actual engine, like a gas-powered engine? I'm like, I could if I had more Patreon money, but I don't. So you got to shovel coal in. He's like, why am I doing this? It's just part of the fun. So anyways, here's the thing. We're going to take the blimp out to New York City. Now, I've done a lot of vampire stuff this week. I originally toyed with the idea of doing a vampire theme week, and I got lazy, so yesterday's episode had no vampires whatsoever. Tomorrow's episode is nothing but vampires, and a really, really cool vampire story. And then another one that's, that's funny. One cool one, one funny one. This episode, though, is our last look at, I, I'm sad to say goodbye, but I've got all the content I can out of this website vampirewebsite.net I love I just love how generic that title is and it says what it is and it does what it says it is a website for vampires and I was talking to my little brother about this he goes it sounds like a troll and I'm like please don't please be a legitimate website I'm pretty sure this guy actually thinks he's a vampire I could have been fooled but let's take a look one last time at vampirewebsite.net because we lo- we've learned some great stuff this week about how to know if you're a vampire, and uh, I forgot what the other stuff I talked about. Oh, coron- uh, coronavirus can affect vampires. We've learned some real facts today. But now we're going to learn a very valuable life lesson. So Bryce, is all the coal? All right, he got all the coal loaded up. He's standing behind the wheel. We are flying out to New York. We get there. We're going to land in the ghastly garden of macabre uh flowers and stuff we land in that we are at the headquarters of the vampire lord stephen the great architect of humanity's fall and we're walking around his garden checking this out so here's some t- here's some things you probably didn't know about vampires right i'm gonna try to bust through these because i could spend literally all day long talking about this so we learned a lot about vampires this week but today we're going to learn about a very very important vampire fact that is How to come out of the vampire closet. Or vampire casket, right? How to come out of the casket and let people know, your loved ones, that you are a vampire. And luckily, there is a step-by-step process here. Actually, it's just a step. But let's take the step is saying what what you are. (sighs) I'm a vampire. But let's take a look at this. So, talking about how to... So, here's... I'm going to read from this website about how to tell your friends you're a vampire. 
I'm reading from this. Quote, not sure how to tell them. Not sure how they will react. I'm assuming they will react with concern and worry, but back to this quote, not sure how they will react. Here's a few suggestions on how to break the news to them from real vampires that have already done it, including myself many times. Gets easier every time, unquote. So from that, I'm guessing this dude has blown through a lot of friends, right? Because basically, like, if you come out of the coffin and you go, I'm a vampire, and you tell all your friends that, then that's kind of it. If if you're like, oh, no, I do it all the time, that basically means that your friends are like, uh... Yeah, no, we're busy this weekend, bro. We're, like, uh, not having mental problems thinking we're vampires. So, uh, see you maybe at Fuddruckers next Monday for Sarah's birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there. Do they serve blood there? No, they don't. Okay, this is why we're not hanging out with you anymore. The fact that he had, oh, dude, I do this all the time. I say at least once a month, I have to tell one of my new friends I'm a vampire. Here's a very, very important part about coming out, and this is so telling. This is so telling. It's made very clear on the website. Now, this might this might shock you. This might shock you. But it makes it very clear on the website that some people who think they are vampires are actually mentally ill. According to this website, I don't want to make that claim myself. I believe all vampires. If someone tells me they're a vampire, I do not question it one bit. But apparently... I've been wrong. Apparently, according to VampireWebsite.net, some people who claim they are bloodthirsty revenants of the Dark Lord are actually mentally ill. So here's this next passage. Most people who believe they are a real vampire simply have a psychological problem. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Hey. So at this point, I've been re- This is like the second hour I was reading this website. And I was just enthralled. Oh no, he put his he put his hypnotizing vampire power on me. The webmaster. I was already enthralled when I get to this point. It really should be the header. Before I took the quiz on tell whether or not I'm a vampire and all that nonsense. Before I'm eating medium rare steaks. Let's go back to this quote. Most people who believe that they are a real vampire simply have a psychological problem. Make sure you are not one of these people... Before you go around claiming to be a vampire. So yes, now I am supposed to be like, I'm reading this website, taking this quiz, and I go, wait a second. Hmm, maybe I'm simply mentally insane. Hmm, before I go around and tell tell people I'm a vampire, I should go to a therapist? Like, I don't understand the logic of this. The, the, The tricky thing about being insane, the scary thing about being insane, is that you don't know you're insane. And they say, as long as you can question your sanity... You're not insane. If I'm sitting, I w- if I was mentally ill, I'd read that and be like, yeah, those other people, those other people who think they're a vampire and aren't, but I clearly am. I've overdosed on iron supplements all week long and I'm not dead. I am clear. So, I mean, you, it's really hard to self-police mental illness. Especially when you're, again, like two hours deep on a vampire website. But that is very, that is, I I never thought, I never thought, I never once thought that someone who claims that they get energy from drinking human blood would be insane. So that is a revelation on this website. But that's a, that is a try, that is something you should always remember, right? Don't, don't be insane. (laughs) That's something that you should be aware of. If you think you're a vampire, you may also just be an insane person. He then goes off on this weird thing about people enabling insane people to think they're vampires. 
And then tells this, has a dark anecdote about somebody feeding blood, putting blood in their baby formula. Because she thought her newborn baby was a vampire. Like, that's, 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 that's CPS, bro. Like, at that point, it's, at that point, you put the things away, and you go, uh, game's over. I need to call the police because you think your baby's a vampire, and you're feeding him human blood. Like, all the fun we've had up to this point, talking about eating steaks and overdosing on iron supplements and all this stuff. At a certain point, when someone, according to him, the actual word he used, I have observed the following, and then tells this story. The mother was convinced the newborn was a vampire because she could sense it. So she fed her baby blood as well as formula. But let's not leave vampirewebsite.net. Let's not say goodbye to them without visiting one more page. Now, when I read this page, when I read this page, I highlighted a couple things and I have not read it since. So your mileage may vary on how funny this is, but they have a page of vampire jokes. Now, I have to, <laughs> I have to say this. Have you ever hung out with someone from the military? And they're cool. I'm not, I'm not knocking them. I'm not like, what? You're lame, dude. You fought for our freedoms? Boo. No. Hanging out with people from the military is fine. Have you ever hung out with two people from the military? Uh, have you ever hung out with two people who both work at the same job and you don't work there? Uh, because give it a moment and they start telling jokes that aren't funny. Because you're not part of the subculture, right? So, I've hung out with a lot of military people, and the second you get another one into the room, you're just like, I'm also the same way with sports, because I don't follow sports, and a lot of times when I'm hanging out with people, someone like, hey, did you see the uh, 49ers were playing against the uh, Applejacks or whatever, and then you're just like, So anyways, let's look at some vampire jokes. I'm not a vampire, you're not a vampire. Aren't you curious to see what other vampires find funny? Check these out. Here we go. This is not for kids. These are real vampire jokes. These are jokes vampires tell each other in between hunting us mere homo sapiens. They're up on rooftops looking down. <laughs> hey, by the way. And they start telling this joke. So here's a joke. We're going to start you off simple. How many vampires does it take to change a light bulb? Zero. None of them need it. <laughs> Could you imagine typing that out? Could you? Here's the thing. First off, you would have had to hear that joke and thought it was funny enough to then repeat, or to memorize it, at least, and then to repeat it, and then at a certain point, you go, you know, someday I'm going to start a website, and when I do, I'm going to have a vampire jokes page. That's going to be the first one on there. Here's the next one. What does a vampire dream of all the time? I don't, okay, here's the thing. I gotta deconstruct this joke without even telling the punchline yet. Punchlines are supposed to make sense, right? It's not just, like, it's supposed to make sense and be funny. It's not just a fact. You can't go, why didn't the guy walk on the beach? Well, because he didn't have shoes on and he didn't want to get dirt. He didn't want to get dirt. That's not a joke. That's just a fact. What does a vampire dream of all the time? (laughs) This is the answer. Something warm, hot, and juicy. That's not a joke. It's not a pun. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. At all. But don't worry, guys. We got a few more of these. Here, here's, a, here's a longer one. Here's like an actual like setup joke. This is a setup joke. Three vampires walk into a bar. The first vampire walks up and says, 
Bartender, give me a shot of blood and vodka. The second vampire walks up. Goes, give me a shot of blood and vodka. Third vampire walks up and goes, I would like a glass of hot water, please. (laughs) I would like a glass of hot water, please. And the bartender gives the blood and vodka to the first guy and gives the blood and vodka to the second guy. And And the third vampire, he puts down the hot water. And he goes... Why are you just getting the hot water? And the vampire, <laughs> the vampire pulls out a used tampon and goes, "Tea time." Like, okay, to be fair, that joke is that joke is mildly funny. Like that is that's a joke that you don't have to be a vampire to appreciate, right? It's disgusting. Don't get me. It's super gross. But you could tell that joke when you're out drinking with your buddies. I mean, maybe if you're like between the ages of like 18 and 22. I read it and I thought it was funny. And that actually set off a weird chain reaction. Here's two more jokes. Here's two more jokes along the same vein. Get it? There was a, here's a here's a limerick. They're getting more clever. Here's a limerick. There once was a vampire named Mabel, whose period whose period was notoriously stable. So one night in June, she sat with a spoon and drank herself under the table. That's that's gross. <laughs> that's gross. It does make you wonder, do vampires have periods? But then I realize that vampires don't exist, so why am I even asking that question? I don't think they would, because vampires can't have babies. I guess Darla had a baby in Angel, or in Buffy, one of the two, but... But they, then there's a couple more period-based ones. I'm not going to waste your time with that. So there we go. That is the end of our journeys through VampireWebsite.net. We will end it with a disgusting limerick. Thank you, good Emperor of the Night, you horrible vampire Stephen. Thank you for letting us into your abode, letting us laugh at your jokes, eat your medium-rare steaks, and hopefully not catch the coronavirus. We are in New York City, after all. I didn't think about that. We visited this city like three or four times this week. Bryce, let's go ahead and call in the carpenter copter. We're going to fly out of here. We could magically turn into bats, but then I'd have to come out of the coffin and admit to all of you guys that I enjoy the taste of blood. And um, I enjoy, enjoy really bad vampire jokes. Let's hop on board the carpenter copter. Bryce, we are flying out to Indiana. Now, I got to tell you this. I I genetically engineered this episode because I knew this back half, it's, I'm not going to get super graphic, you know, that's really not what I do on this show, but it involves kids and it involves, you know, sexual abuse and stuff like that, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into details, I'm going to focus more on, like, the overlying crime and the societal issues, but that, I thought, was a funny intro because we're probably not going to get super funny after this point, and if you don't like this subject matter... Totally fine. I'll see you tomorrow. But again, I I never really go into the details and stuff like that. And this story was recommended to me by Blue Cat. Blue Cat via email. So thank you so much, Blue Cat, for sending this one on over. Bryce, I want you to bring that carpenter copter nice and low. We're flying over Evansville, Indiana. We're jumping out. We all take off our Dracula capes that we got. At, at, at vampirewebsite.net store, you can buy your own Dracula cape. We're walking around. The year is 1989. And at this time, you had these kids come forward and start talking about the Blue House. Now, the Satanic Panic is something that happened throughout the United States, and I believe it happened in Britain, too. 
mostly in the early 80s, but it did carry on. And it was this idea that there was a cult group that was taking kids and ritually abusing them and getting away with it. And you saw these cases all over the United States. And the FBI did this big investigation. I haven't had time to look at it. I know a lot of you guys are going to say, read it, read it, read it. I haven't had time to look at it. The FBI did this big case called The Finders, where they were looking into it. They recently revealed that. So it's just a very large document to look through. But really, the overwhelming consensus was it was all made up. It was all made up. There was actually no ritual satanic molestation of children. That's kind of, and that's why it's called the satanic panic. That's kind of been the thing. But let's take a look at this case in particular, because this this is an odd one. 1989, you had these nine kids come forward, and they were working with a group called SLAM, Society's League Against Molestation, which that's a dope name, right? That's a pretty dope name. But it was run by the Donegers. It was a couple, uh, Rick and his wife. I forgot to write down her name. I'm sorry. But anyways, they were running this organization, and they were talking to these kids. Parents were bringing the kids forward. It was this huge thing. And the kids were saying that it was school administrators would take them from school to the Blue House where they would perform these rituals. Now, 1989 was way after the main satanic panic. That was much earlier. That was like in the early 80s. So you had this kind of pop up. And it was a pretty big news story. It's interesting. So the way that this plays out is that they're, for two years, the police are investigating this thing. They're talking to the kids, talking to the parents, talking to the school administrators. They're doing all of this legwork. And after two years, no charges are filed. It was all just this thing in the kids' heads. They were being led by SLAM. They were being led to admit stuff that isn't true. The Blue House just sitting there. Totally innocent house. Two years, case closed. Now, people get accused of stuff that they didn't do. That definitely happens. People can be led. People can, you know, ask me a question. And they start to navigate me to the right answer. You can do that to an adult, let alone a child. So that was kind of the thing. This is another example of the satanic panic. Nothing happened to these kids. And they've created this myth of this satanic ritual taking place in the blue house. It's all made up. But what's interesting about this case is that the question, even with the prosecutor, so the prosecutor was Stanley Levko, even the prosecutor believed some of these children were being abused. He just didn't believe in the satanic angle. There was a quote from a mother, and she said, forget the ritual, there are kids being molested, and nothing is being done. Stanley Levko, the prosecutor, said, quote, it's a tragedy when a child's been abused, but it would also be a tragedy to have someone falsely accused. My opinion is not that none of these children have been abused, but that they have not been abused in the way that has been said, unquote. These children were showing signs of abuse, but not satanic abuse. And it overwhelmed the story. It became so, if it was just a child being abused, that's a horrible thing. But when you throw on the satanic imagery and these rituals and all of these horrible things going on, it makes it more media-worthy. There was never any charges filed. These children, we, we never knew who actually abused these kids. There was one a professor of psychology who she had interviewed all the kids. Her name was Susan Donaldson. And she interviews all of them, and she does not believe the satanic story as well. She thinks that 
that's made up. There's no ritual going on, but she concurs that at least some of them were being abused in some fashion or another. But one thing she notices over the course of her investigation is that each of the nine childs has a very faint, identical scar on their arm. Now, these children are all just being abused randomly. That would be a pretty big coincidence. Some of these children were siblings, but some of the children did not interact with the other children outside of a classroom environment. So that made people go, these aren't, their kids aren't friends. They know each other, but it would be hard to create this story. And then other people would go, well, that's just slam. Or the parents telling them the story that they want to hear. Here's an interesting quote from The Courier, the newspaper. Our assessment on this page, and it's talking about this article that they're writing about what's going on. Our assessment on this page was that for the allegations to be true, it would have required an absurd belief in a police, prosecutor, principal, parent, teacher, news media, major corporation conspiracy theory, unquote. But the thing is, is that's not true. You wouldn't need all of the, you wouldn't need a few of those factors. You wouldn't need to have the media, you would need to have the police, you would probably need to have, or me- and again, you don't need to have every member of the media, every member of the police. You just need to have people in key positions to cover things up. So that's a little overselling it. You wouldn't need everyone doing it, but if you had a couple school administrators, they're friends with a couple cops, and then you had the right lever of power in the county government, you could pull something like this off. It doesn't need to be this wide-ranging thing. I, I can see where they're coming from, but that, that's just not true. What's interesting is that when the investigation was going on, the big question is, well, let's just go in the blue house, right? That's where all of this stuff takes place. Let's just go in the blue house. We can interview the school administrators who can have viable alibis. Some of them may have been innocent. They may all have been innocent. But let's just go in the blue house and check it out. So cops go to get a search warrant for the blue house. The prosecutor, Stanley Levko, refuses to allow it. He refused to sign off on a search warrant for the Blue House. That's nuts. That's, I get it, you not wanting to falsely accuse people, even though prosecutors, listen man, prosecutors is just a job, right? You get an assignment, you got to prosecute this dude, you may not even think he's that guilty, but you do your job to get him thrown. That's what, that's, prosecutors, that's what they do. They hope everyone's guilty. Just like police, when they arrest you, they hope that you're guilty. They hope they didn't mess up. They're just doing their job. So I get it. Him saying, well, I don't really want to falsely accuse people. But when then police give him a request to get a search warrant, he refuses on the Fourth Amendment. They go, oh, it's unreasonable search and seizure. We have no reason to search that house. I will not sign off on a search warrant. This is, again, according to the courier, so I don't want to get... <laughs> allegedly, this is according to the courier that that's what happened. Here's the actual uh, quote from the article. Throughout much of the investigation, Levko refused to sign a search warrant for the Blue House, citing the Fourth Amendment right against unreasonable search and seizure, insisting that there was no cause for a search. There is cause. People are saying that they're being taken there and being sexually abused. And, and the courier earlier was saying for this to take place, you would need to have the media and the police. And here's the literally the next line in this article from the courier. So that you had the thing saying Levko refused to sign the search warrant. This article was written years later. This is when he was retiring. So this wasn't at the time this was going on. This is afterwards with hindsight. 
So the Courier article says, Throughout much of the investigation, Levko refused to sign a search warrant for the Blue House, citing the Fourth Amendment right against unreasonable search and seizure, insisting that there was no cause for a search. Levko, who leaves office this week after 20 years, said in the Sunday news story that his refusal to seek a search warrant was something he was proud of. He should be. Unquote. I cannot imagine a scenario where there is allegations of drugs being dealt out of some trap house and the prosecutor going, well, you know, we just have these nine kids over here who's saying they're buying drugs from that house. But then we interviewed the drug dealers and they said, oh, we're not selling drugs. So there is no reason why we should search that drug house. That That is against the Fourth Amendment. There is no world where that scenario happens, right? And then you have this newspaper saying, he should be proud of that, guys. He should be proud. Now, I want to be fair here. I am in no way saying that these allegations are true. But that's a botched investigation. Just open the door and look in. The cops asked for the search warrant. And Levko said, no, it's against the Fourth Amendment. We're not going to do that. Even though he may order doors to get kicked in because some dude smoking weed in 1992, this is unreasonable. Nine kids saying something was happening there. So the, the weird thing, again, is that even the prosecutor was saying, these kids are getting abused. We just don't think there's a satanic angle to that. There is a, a conspiracy theory or a rumor that sometimes people in these child molestation rings will put in satanic imagery into it simply to make the story seem so unbelievable. So it will make law enforcement and media go, oh, the kid's probably just making it up. What do you mean there was like a bunch of donkey heads running around and stuff like that? It sounds made up. Or they could just be into that, right? You could have some sicko. You're obviously mentally disturbed if you're doing that to anybody, if you're abusing anybody. You're mentally disturbed. So what, what does it matter if there's, there's a bloody pentagram on the wall, right? You're not going to be like, that is a road too far. That iconography, no, black. that's gross. I'm just going to do this disgusting thing. And we see that like serial killers will have that imagery. I don't know why it's always just considered so weird when kids do it. I, my personal belief in the satanic panic overall is I think some of it was authentic. I think there were, I think there are child molesters back then and today that use that imagery because they're into that imagery and they're into being disgusting human beings, barely even qualifying for human beings. But to this day, the Blue House still stands in Indiana. It's just kind of sitting there. And they didn't knock it down or anything like that. People still walk by it and they whisper about it. And everyone in town knows what house it is. I don't know if it's still blue, honestly. But it, that's kind of irrelevant at this point. Those kids, something happened to those kids. And that little story in that town just kind of disappeared. And, and it's possible that if the prosecutor had done his job and they went through, it'd be a totally normal house and nothing in it. But to not go in it does look like a conspiracy. It does look like the media, police, prosecutor, school administrator conspiracy that the newspaper was pointing out. But you know what the, the sad thing is, is that it almost doesn't matter at this point. Because we had these stories of these groups operating here and their little preschool in California or this, or this group in Indiana or that you could have this place over here and this place over here. It doesn't even really matter. I got an email the other day from Scott. Thank you, Scott, for your email. Perfect timing, too. 
talking about the nth room. The nth room. South Korea. Some disgusting, again, barely human person started a thing on Telegram, which is a little app. And they had numbered rooms. Room number one, room number two. Room number one would have girls stripping. You'd pay money for it. You'd see some girls take their clothes off. This is 100% true. The, law, the trials are going on right now over in South Korea. This happened like 2019, 2020. First room, it sounds dystopian. I mean, it sounds like something you'd see in like a 19, late 90s horror movie starring Ashley Judd. First room, you'd see just girls taking their clothes off. Second room, it'd be a little more hardcore. But the nth room, which is infinity, nth room, is women being raped. Not your controversial Pornhub video that may or may not be consensual. No, women getting raped. Young girls getting raped. You were having to pay tons of money to access the nth room. Some of the rumors were that if you paid enough money, you could be the one who does it. These were women who were being raped. Someone reported it. Someone actually called 911. Apparently, this website was beginning to become very popular in male-oriented communities in South Korea. Someone actually reported the police. The police didn't believe it. They didn't believe the nth room existed. See, all the pornography was normal. Room one be normal, quote unquote, normal pornography. It's... But anyways, um, the first, you know, for women masturbating, taking their clothes off, it goes up and up and up. Eventually, you get to the nth room, and they were doing, they were doing horrible things to these women. There was a rumor that some of the videos involved snuff, which that I don't know about. That one again is is maybe pushing it. Now it may be coming. Black and Ashley Judd, 1990s movie, but definitely the rape videos are out there. And they invo- they would get young girls and they'd, black- they'd tell them they could be models and then they would take a couple naked photos and then they'd blackmail the women and then the next thing you know, you picked up this 14-year-old girl at the mall to do a couple glamour shots and now she's being raped by three guys. Like, it's truly chilling, inhuman stuff. And one of the things that came out was that as this was going on, you had... People, one of the trending topics on Telegram was how to cancel Telegram or how to quit Telegram. It was in the top five results for this time period. And what people believe is that that was men who went to the nth room trying to figure out how to delete Telegram and all the files from Telegram on their phone. This is a conspiracy theory, but the idea is, is that so many people were Googling how to delete Telegram, that it became the fifth largest trending topic. And Telegram is a huge app. That's how many men they believe were accessing this. Some of the people behind it have been arrested, and South Korea is changing its law so these people can be identified. In South Korea, normally, you get arrested, they don't give your real name, people are demanding the names of these monsters. If you were using it, you'll be exposed. If you were behind it making money off it, you will be exposed. But it's already splintered off into other groups. They caught one guy who created it, but the other guy is doing something else. We live in this world now. It used to be you have a little tiny town in Evansville, Indiana, that had this issue. I mean, and that, again, is just an example. These groups are everywhere. We're no longer these tiny towns. We're no longer these tiny little rumors, possible cover-ups. Who knows? We're no longer this. We're now nations. Nations full of these things. If this was going on in Evansville, Indiana in 1989, it would just be the people in town 
that were involved. Now you can have 15,000, 20,000, 30,000 people visiting these websites. This is everywhere. We all live in the blue house now. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.